Did anyone notice that the the girl in this said Miyogi? Miyogi? Yeah, there's like this one scene it's like, oh no, what about Mr. Miyogi? And I got so confused and didn't know if it was like, that's just how, what he, she called him, or this is how fast this like show was made. <laughs> and they were like, whatever, just take the Love cut. the idea. They didn't notice until like eight hours later when they're editing it, and they're like, oh shit, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it made me question myself. I was like, it's Miyagi. I swear yeah. it's Miyagi. Like this, this animated television show is trying to trick me. Let's go do some uh, picnic basket karate boo-boo-san. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Sorry. <laughs> Does that make Daniel boo boo? Yeah, yes. right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Miyogi and Boo Boo san? Love it. <laughs> Love that. Love that, like, crossover. It happened a lot in 90s animated, right? Things crossing over? Yeah, already a better uh, cartoon than this was. I mean, I actually enjoyed it in a fever dream kind okay, of way. 100%. Like, I was angry at first, angry. but then after you just accepted, like, what this was, which is just nonsense, then it was okay. I can agree. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Room Numbers Saturday Morning Edition, where we once again are talking about animated series based on some of the terrible sequels that we've covered on the show. Uh, and this week we are talking about the Karate Kid animated series, which we've already established is a whole lot better than the fucking Problem Child episode we did last month. <laughs> um, the episode in particular we're talking about this week is My Brother's Keeper, which is actually the pilot episode of the show. It first aired on September the 9th, 1980. Uh, any of you guys remember what you were doing on September 9th, 1989? Not you, Laura. <laughs> Feeding. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, what was it? What was it? Babies do? They feed, right? Yes. Yeah, Megan, what do babies do? <laughs> so that's what I was doing. Can confirm. Uh, 80, 89. <laughs> I would have been eight. Do I see the diary come out? I got the I got the old 1989 Neff diary here. Let's have a quick <laughs> flick to September 9th. That was a Saturday, which makes sense. I guess this is a Saturday morning cartoon, oh, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, here we go. Went to Colchester. Hmm, pretty exciting. Walked to town, which I guess is a big deal when you're nine. <laughs> in Woolies, which, you know, Woolworths. Remember Woolworths? Uh, mm-hmm. They've got Spy Hunter for two I'm going to buy it next Saturday. <gasps> Amazing. <laughs> a lot of my, my diary as a nine-year-old was about video games, which... Uh, well. You can tell you're a storyteller because it kind of ended in a cliffhanger. It's like, you. it was a question mark. Was it a question mark that you're going to buy it or did you buy it? I definitely bought it. Wherever I bought it the following Saturday ah. or not, probably up for debate. I mean, if only there was a way for me to check. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up. I think there is. Follow up. Saturday the 16th of September. Here we go. Yeah, absolutely no mention of buying Spy Hunter in there. So I guess I uh-huh. uh, guess that was an un- unrealized Aww. dream at that time. Is that the one that's, that one's got um, racing, car racing in it? Yeah, it's kind of like a top-down um, yeah. sort of driving game where you're shooting other cars yeah. off the road. Okay. They rebooted it for like the PS2 in 2001 mm-hmm. and it was terrible. They were going to do a movie of it starring The Rock at some point and thank fuck they never did. I swear to God, <laughs> this is a t- complete tangent, but like I feel like we're going to reach like a decade where every movie will just have The Rock in it. I hope so. Yeah, yep. we're heading to like that amorphous blob of rockness, I think yep. sooner or later we're just all going to be. I mean, 
I love him. But like, who knows? In the reboot of The Karate Kid, it could just be The Rock playing everybody. Nice. I would pay so much money to see that for See, I'm upset that we live in a world where that doesn't already exist. I bet you some fucking nerd out there could take one of those uh, face-changing apps, Ooh. you know? The deep fakes, and just put The Rock on every fucking character in The Karate Kid, and it would yeah. be amazing. <gasps> Hell yeah. This is my challenge to you nerds. Go do that. We want to see it. Go do it. We can't offer you any money or any kind of infamy, but it'll be fun. So have at it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would be like such a, using that technology for good, uh, it would be such like a lovely distressor if you just like take like any movie that you hate and then all of a sudden you just mm-hmm. like deep fake Pat Morita's face. <gasps> on each of them and right right so it's like you could be like having a bad day and then you could just have pat maria show up and everywhere you like turn or every screen you turn to if uh if pat maria was the lead in forrest gump better fucking movie telling you now better fucking movie you know what's sad though is if you do end up putting uh the rock's face on anything i'm sure it'll still be better cgi than the mummy Yep. No doubt. I haven't introduced us yet. I just realized we got oh, this far shit. into the podcast. Uh, hello, dear listener. I'm Neff Knowles. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful friends, Laura Medeiros. Hi. Roddy Gozum. And Megan Swain. Hello. So had any of you guys seen this show before? Were you aware that this was a thing? It's possible that I saw it and then just forgot about it because there was like a shit billion different types of derivative cartoons on TV when we were kids, just like this. Yeah. I kind of have like a vague passing memory of this show, but... It's such a brief show and there are so few episodes that Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that it kind of stuck around in my conscience for very long. Uh, This show was commissioned by NBC in 1988 and they put in like a whopping 65 episode order for this (laughs) uh, based off the fact that Karate Kid 2 had been such a fucking huge movie. Oh no. And then Karate Kid 3 came out like maybe three months before this was set to premiere and it tanked. Yeah, it did like half the numbers that Karate Kid 2 had done. basically the order got paired back from 65 to 13 episodes which is a real kick in the nuts for the people making this uh, show Mm. I don't know if they shot or they they animated all of those fucking episodes but they only ever aired 13 of them in the end so yeah well just based off of the first episode I don't know if they could make 65 is there really 65 episodes worth of content that could come out of this yeah you just like you just like look at get a dictionary flip through it and be like okay this is the subject and then you get an almanac no no is the almanac the one that has the like the world in it oh just get an atlas (laughs) (laughs) gray sports atlas (laughs) i feel super smart right now or you could just spin a globe and put your finger on something so there you go you get the location so like maybe for this episode they look in a dictionary they got shrine and they're like yeah that could be just a magical shrine why not and then they flip the god i'm so terrible spin the globe Mm -hmm. and they got the amazon and they're like hey how about they travel to the Amazon? I mean, they don't even need the dictionary part because the entire concept of the whole show is that them trying to track down this shrine. They keep losing it. All they're doing every episode is turning up in a different location, looking for this shrine, getting into hijinks, losing the shrine, and then leaving. That's kind of the format for the whole show. Did you guys remember watching Karate Kid 3 or 1 to 2 and the, the, all the mentions of the shrine? Totally, totally got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the weird thing about this is one of those cartoons that kind of throws all of the logic and plot of the movies out of the window 
and then just comes up with some magical bullshit to try yeah. and like hook people in. Yeah, I, there's not much mention of magical shrines in those Karate Kid movies, and there sure shit isn't anybody using actual magic. And yet here we are with this, with people turning into jaguars and all this kind of crazy nonsense happening. Yeah, it's like they they consulted basic writing for television or movies or whatever, and we're like, okay, we need a MacGuffin. Oh yeah, big time MacGuffin. This shrine, yeah. it does everything. <laughs> when watching this, it's like, what does it? do just like mr biagi what doesn't he do he does a lot of True. things in this show that i was like wow i didn't know he could do that mr miyagi on this show got swole right he's yep. he's a big he's yeah. a big boy on this show compared yeah. to yep. he's like the same fucking height as daniel all of a sudden like what the hell did you notice that it wasn't actually uh pat Morita's voice he only does the narration yeah he does the opening uh crawl and then we get oh, robert okay. robert eo playing mm-hmm. um Mr. Miyagi instead. Robert Ito is in a lot of stuff. His credits are insane. Mm -hmm. He's been in... He's still alive. He's from Vancouver and he's been Mm -hmm. in stuff since like the 1950s, I think. He turned up in basically every fucking sitcom that was going in the 60s and 70s. Um, This kid playing Daniel. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? Ralph Macchio was busy that week or whatever come on what was he doing in 1989 apart from karate kid 3 i mean what was he doing for most of the 90s he was in like my cousin Vinny, and then nothing for the best part of 20 years so they obviously couldn't be bothered to get him in this guy playing daniel larusso is called joey dedio Mm-hmm. And he's got like a few credits here and there, but he's actually a producer nowadays and has made some mm. kind of interesting indie stuff. But mm. I don't know, man, just like Splash for Ralph Maggio cartoon. It's, you know, somehow this kid manages to be more fucking whiny and annoying. I don't know how they managed to pull that off. I don't know how they managed to have like Daniel have worse like, I guess, problem-solving skills in this cartoon than he does in the actual movies, where it's just like, I know, I'll teach this guy karate, and then he can stand up for himself and become the chief of this thing. And it's like, what? Yeah. I mean, okay, to be fair, putting in this position, like, like, if I were him, I just would have no idea what's going on to begin with. So to even solve anything, I'll just be like, it is like a an Everest of a problem. But it was already solved. Miyagi's like, yeah, he'll come home with us. And then Daniel's like, no, that's not good enough. And it's like, shut up. We had it. We had a plan. He was going to come with us. Stop it. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of- so, so they're, yeah, they're, they're looking for this shrine, which is a teeny little shrine that looks like a souvenir from a gift shop, kind of. That also glows, remember. It also glows and it has magical powers. And they're mm-hmm. in the Amazon and they're looking for it. And Miyagi's chanting left, right left right which yeah, is not start- which is not how you row a boat <laughs> no that's right we start off with daniel rowing them down the amazon i'm thinking this is gonna end badly yeah this is like a river wild scenario we're heading yeah. into here where um these people are not going to be in this boat for much longer i think why i was so confused because this felt like it, it wasn't the pilot at all it did nothing yeah. to like explain yeah. what was going on open. it started like in media res yep. and i was like what's happening there in the amazon they're chasing like it all relied on like a voiceover like narration yeah. Yeah. Of like we're going after uh or they did like a like a, a future flash forward cap in the beginning. Yeah, no, yeah. dude, it's all it's all there in the opening credits. You see some unknown figure swipe the shrine, and that's it. That's all you're fucking getting. Yeah. Uh the theme song for this, by the way, again, was fun. a notch above that problem child <laughs> theme. This one didn't give me a frobbing fucking headache for a start. So uh, <laughs> I mean it's just kind of like this jaunty little synth tune, and every now and again somebody just shouts karate kid 
does what it says on the tin, right? It's like, and it just, I, I love that description. It's just like, <laughs> I want that to be my life. <laughs> as soon as like Ness said the theme song, automatically in my head, I was ready to go karate. Exactly. <laughs> so like, it's it's an effective theme song. It's pretty catchy. Oh man. I mean, it's no it's no yeah. Ninja Turtles, but it but oh, it's true. close. Like that's why it lost me so much in the beginning because like it's a blink or you miss it like little like line of dialogue to explain everything and then automatically you're in an amazon and chasing somebody I don't know. well the <laughs> first time that i watched it they were like oh we're looking for this shrine and i i thought they meant like a building like an actual fucking building yeah. right yeah deep in the jungle and then it turns out the shrine is this little teeny you know statuette of a building looks nice but they're not super clear about what 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 this thing is or it's just, it's just choice of words they could have said like oh we have to chase an artifact, the artifact which is the called idol, the shrine, the shrine <laughs> idol like there's another character here as well hanging out with daniel and mr miyagi um this girl taki yeah now when i watched this i thought that this was um the character from karate kid 2 that tamlin tamia mm-hmm. plays yeah uh but it's not it's oh. a completely different character oh, okay. she's not in the movies fuck knows why she's here i mean i'm assuming she's from okinawa as well but she's not introduced in any way shape or form right the shrine is from her village which is something that mm-hmm. she mentions offhand later in the episode like a lot yeah. later in the episode yeah it's like a throwaway line of dialogue yeah which makes me think that there was a the, that they did produce other episodes and that the introductory episode maybe got cut i guess so yeah i guess that's a stupid episode to cut maybe they didn't have a choice maybe they just had to pick the best ones or maybe they these were the ones that were finished um and they were maybe yeah. they were producing them out of order so i don't know they had to showcase the show's location budget as best as possible right you know yeah. they're they're in the fucking amazon it ain't cheap to film down there yeah um, i i don't <laughs> know, i don't understand how animation works um, <laughs> No, again, it could have been like a production order thing of why, mm-hmm. or maybe this is the most impressive episode, and like they wanted to release this first. So like, like when you're animating something, you can like, depending on what you do, you can actually even change the air order depending on about how far along you planned it. So like something like, if, did anyone else watch any of the other episodes? Because it could just be a case of like, this was like the best episode out of mm-hmm. the gate to get people yeah. in. It has lion and it has Mr. <laughs> it has Mr. Miyagi wrestling an alligator. It has him. Oh, chopping. we'll get to that. We'll get to the fucking alligator because <laughs> I have thoughts on that. <laughs> Holy shit! Um. But one of the things we were talk like we talked about in class, you know, when we were all. <laughs> associated but one of the things they mentioned i don't even know what to call that because it's not like it's fine um one of the things uh that they mentioned is when you're going to write a story you have to be very clear as to why now yeah sure why are you joining the story now why are you joining the things i got i got nothing it because it's it sounds cool like cool we got the shrine we got to get it back but why the only thing i could think of is that from the looks obviously i didn't watch the rest of the episodes but uh uh, from the looks of the the descriptions of the other episodes, most of the episodes could be aired in any order, like in terms of mm-hmm. the uh, the shrine and stuff. So I guess this maybe it had something to do with them being able to switch up the order for a bunch of because later in the season they actually get this shrine and then they go to what's <gasps> fi- they go to Taki's village or something like that. Ooh, so obviously okay. there is a progression there, but when if there is a bigger picture, that sounds great. If not, big miss. <laughs> 
realize what really taints the image of like my or how I felt watching this is like I literally like recently went on like a um, Avatar Last Airburner mm. binge. And like, so the, the shift in quality was quite yep. dramatic. <laughs> I guess thinking about the context though, like when Neth pulled out his diary, this was again on a Saturday. So like if you're eating like Captain Crunch and like loaded up on sugar, maybe that's the context of how to accept this show of like, oh, there's like rapids and going down the Amazon River and, and quicksand. <laughs> I think kids have higher standards now though, probably. I hope. Yeah, so we we cut to these tribesmen chasing this kid through the jungle and Daniel fucking interrupts this chase and like tries to do karate on these guys. And I'm just thinking these guys are like hunters, like proper tribal hunters. They're going to yeah. make short work of this Daniel LaRusso fucking New Jersey punk ass kid. Uh, but somehow he manages to save this kid. We learn his name's Carla mm-hmm. um, and he speaks perfect English for reasons i don't know it basically he's he's meant to be the challenger to the the head of the tribe and they all think that he can do magic because he has the shrine how he got the shrine i do not know that is never fucking explained to us yeah the so the 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 hunters grab miyagi and he shoes away daniel and taki oh yeah he's like just let me be taken it's fine and then follow me yeah i don't know what mr miyagi's plan is here because he gets ki- he gets kidnapped and then the the chief of the tribe is like well i don't know who this guy is we're going to feed him to our alligators. Yeah, yeah, he ties him up over to, yeah, on a branch above alligators or crocodiles. I can't remember which it was. It's alligators. Yeah, it's alligators. Um, and then the the rope breaks because it... The rope's being, yeah, it's being it's eaten being, by ants. By ants. Ants? <laughs> Oh, yeah. How did I gets, miss this? How did I miss this? Chewed by ants because he, yeah. That felt the most karate kid to me because the level of like extensiveness of that trap was akin to the level of Karate Kid 3 of like whatever his master plan True. was. This is like a trap from a fucking Saw movie we've got going on here. I'm not sure yeah. what the fuck this is meant to be. Yeah, the Cobra Kai um, set up as to why, uh, I can't remember the bad guy. Uh, Terry Silver. No, the other one. Um, uh, Reese is it his best friend? Is it, no, not Reese. Um, the guy Martin Cove plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason Crease. he's all Crease. John Crease. Thank you. The reason Crease is so messed up is that he had to fight his sergeant over a a pit of snakes. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But because I thought that it was a, a pit with like spikes in it, I thought that that that's terrifying. But no, he looks down and it's all snakes, and that's why they're called Cobra Kai. So that's I do agree with that. That that is the type of like level we're on here. <laughs> that's sure. not so thought. <laughs> Miyagi falls in this fucking alligator pit and then wrestles an alligator like he's fucking Steve Irwin or something. What the hell? <laughs> Keeping in mind, he's bound with ropes. His arms and legs are bound to together like it's like the rope is wrapped around his whole body falls in the water somehow gets the ropes off wraps the ropes around the alligator fucking wrestles the alligator yeah priceless this is in this in this world Mr. Miyagi can chop wood like a full yep. tree. Not wood. Yes. Like a yes, full that's tree true. with his hand. So, so I can, it's just, we have to accept that he can do anything in this job. Some problem child physics right now. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets away from the alligator having like taped up its mouth and he rocks back up at Carla's treehouse. Uh, pretty sweet treehouse this guy's got here, might I add. Um, yeah. Kind of fancy one of those myself. I may consider moving into one. Um, Guarantee it'll be cheaper than fucking paying for anything in Toronto. Um, Yeah. 
No, I was going to say, him and Daniel do like this weird hug, which is just them patting each other's elbows for like a minute. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on when they were doing mm-hmm. that. Daniel changes into a loincloth. And the other, oh, yeah. the other girl stays in her regular clothes. But it was just his hoodie, wasn't it? Is it? It's just, yeah, it was his hoodie, I think, just like ripped into like a loincloth. Okay. Which is so ridiculous because before that, they're like, come over to my place and we'll get you change. And so change just means ripping off your clothes. Yeah, nice. So- I mean, the other girl just takes her coat off. <laughs> Daniel's just getting into the spirit of things, right? You can't fault him for that. Um <laughs> Raquel is like, well, that's not what I meant, but okay. <laughs> yeah, put your fucking shirt back on, guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Miyagi rocks back up and they, like, recover the shrine from Kala. And it's yeah. just like, is this it? Is this the end of the episode? <laughs> yeah. Great. What's on Fox Kids? Let's go find out. <laughs> but no, there's, like, still 15 minutes left to go on this fucking thing. Neat. So, yeah, Daniel apparently decides he's going to teach this Kala kid balance so that mm-hmm. he can stand up for himself. I don't know, man. This kid seems pretty balanced by the looks of it he's like hanging off trees swinging from vines yep this kid has great balance what the fuck is daniel larusso talking about i think he's talking about inner balance that's the only thing i could grasp <laughs> sorry but daniel larusso really the king of you know self-balance i don't yeah, think just because so. you can no. stand on one leg and kick a guy that does not mean that you've achieved enlightenment at that level yeah <laughs> sorry i'm just laughing so much because of laura's i don't think so i don't like the 80s bully that's just like, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. It's like literally if you were a karate kid, you'd be like telling Daniel that he couldn't achieve his dreams. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be the bully who's like, shut the fuck up, Daniel. No, you can't. <laughs> you just can't, Daniel. You're destined to be a car salesman, Daniel. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. But like, okay. It's realism though. Yeah. This kid needs a dose of realism. Yep. Yeah. No, and like Miyagi kind of tries, but barely at best. He's just like Daniel-san. If he, if you don't teach him properly, uh, properly, he could die. And then Daniel's like, "No, I'm. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it." (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Oh, that's sound logic. Way to go, Daniel. Way to hit him back with some facts." His fucking method for teaching this kid balance is apparently to get him to kick a fucking pumpkin like a soccer ball. Yes. First things first. Have you ever tried to kick a pumpkin? Those things way a lot it sucks also didn't like um uh didn't soccer or some version of it originated south america uh we would argue that in the uk we would say that we came up with that but okay no, fine. i mean it's probably you're probably you're probably <laughs> right i don't know yeah like this but like kicking kicking a round thing around as a game is probably not a new concept to this guy no, like, probably not probably yeah. not just mildly insulting that daniel's like okay he's football splaining to I this gonna- kid um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm gonna teach you, you know, handling. Also, where did the pumpkin come from? That's a good point. Have they just got, like, an ample supply of pumpkins growing in the Amazon? I don't know. It doesn't seem like a very Amazon kind yeah. of food, but mm, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so basically, Carla isn't really having any of this. He pinches the shrine again because Mr. Miyagi has just, like, left it buried in the ground for some reason. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. This thing that he's, like, so obsessed with reclaiming, he just leaves it buried in some dirt for fucking... I don't know. Um, what a maniac. Daniel then takes on the role of Carla to challenge the chief in this fight over like a, a fire pit. And the way Daniel does this is he like puts on a mascot head or something. I don't know what's going on with this costume he's wearing, but despite despite his blazing white arms yeah, and legs exactly. that like, <laughs> exactly. could signal space if they if he wanted to. He's that fucking white as a sheet. 
Exactly. So he has this fight with this chief and uh, he's about to end up dying again, which seems to be like his motif in this show is Daniel nearly dies all the time. And then Mr. Miyagi comes in with like a flying kick. Now, again, Mr. Miyagi, we know that he's all very zen and whatnot. At what point in the Karate Kid does he ever launch into the air and do a flying kick like this? <laughs> he cracks a tree in half. It's his signature move. Cracks a tree in half with just his like leg earlier in the episode. Well, I guess they're chopping fire firewood but like he chops down an entire tree and they've turned him into this weird superhuman guy and it's very <laughs> odd i don't know there's like a moment in this scene as well where the audio clearly drops out in the episode because there's a bit yeah. right before the chief is about to kick daniel's ass where he stood there saying something and there's no dialogue yeah. whatsoever i just wonder what did they cut out yeah. here mm. probably calling daniel a fucking idiot maybe i don't know <laughs> i like that I stand calling Daniel an idiot in the cartoon. What do you think these guys, what do you think their quest would be if they rocked up in Toronto looking for this shrine? They seem to, it seems to be like the plot here is is that they get embroiled in some kind of geographical related plot. It's somehow been picked up by a Canadian goose and it's landed on the top of the CN Tower. Oh, nice. Some real jeopardy. They have to do the, the, what, the Skywalk or whatever it's called? The Edgewalk. Edgewalk. Yeah. My uh, my ex-wife did that and showed me the footage. I was like, oh, I'm good, thanks. I don't need to see that. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do that. And you I'm get good. like a thing at the end where it says funded by Ontario Tourism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they have to like get a job with the TTC or something. Maybe the, the shrine's Oof. just been left on a streetcar somewhere and they have to mm-hmm. drive <laughs> drive streetcars until they find it. They have to they have to go to the lost and found at uh, I think it's at base station. Oh yeah, good luck to them. Um, they're not fine. They're not <laughs> fine. They're there, I'll tell you that much. It's a fine thing that Mr. Miyagi can karate chop, and then that's our answer. What's up? He'll karate chop the sea tower. There you go. There we. Oh my God! Please, karate chops a tree and then gets fined by the city because you need permission to do that shit. And paces red tape. Karate chops some of those weed dispensaries that keep popping up all over the place. Oh God! We've got too much fucking weed in this city. My I add, just on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> like when weed was yep. legalized, I was like, this is great. And now every other shop is a fucking dispensary. We need to stop now. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three in my neighborhood alone, and Same. my like I just said, it doesn't seem necessary. Although everybody keeps lining up at the one place, so... Oh, you know where they yeah, get stuff. Yeah, they got yeah. the good shit there. Yeah. But uh, they don't, because it's all the same weed. It's all exactly the same stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> yep. They have the most uh, creative names for shit, too. So, like, I'll be looking at something, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. What do they sell? Of course, it's cannabis, right? And it's, oh. Yeah, I mean, I kind of miss the days when we were black marketing that shit, but whatever, that's a, a different <laughs> story. Um... <laughs> So anyways, uh, Kalof wins one fight and he was like, all right, I'm ready to take him on to win back my title. Then he runs back to his treehouse and puts on war paint. Nice. Yeah, and then they go to fight the chief again, um, but he's turned into an actual jaguar because he's got the shrine now. Yes. And it's kind of hilarious. He sounds like Snarf from Thundercats. <laughs> I did notice that. And then Miyagi straight up fucking roundhouses this jaguar in the tummy, which is a little mean, I think. He's a kitty cat. Don't be mean to kitty cats. Um, Daniel tries to get in on the action and then he twists his ankle because he fucking sucks. And 
It's yeah. just no good for anything, this kid. You just can't, Daniel. You just can't. Stay in your fucking lane, <laughs> Daniel LaRusso. Um, know your fucking place, bro. Stop it. Oh my god. Is that the arc of the show? Yeah, I feel like we told him this on the Karate Kid Free episode we did. I think this is a recurring theme for this kid. It's just know your fucking limits, guy. That's the arc of the series for a kid's show. Know your limits. Don't go for your dreams. Just stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sakala intervenes. He uses the shrine to turn the chief back into a boring old man yeah and then the shrine somehow slips out of his hands and disappears down the amazon tacky the female character who has had nothing to fucking do in this episode she uh makes an effort to get it but it's not much of an effort because she sucks and she's like completely superfluous to this whole fucking thing i mean she didn't even get mr miyagi's name exactly she doesn't even know who these people (laughs) that she's traveling with are She thinks Daniel's name is David, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of it for this episode. Carla goes off to be like the head of the tribe. Even though he cheated, really, because he still used the magical shrine, I feel like he didn't really learn anything from this experience. I think the people in the, in the village are going to feel ripped off when they find out he's not inherently magical and he was just using some magical item that he found. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's kind of the end of the episode. The episode ends with them back on the boat going down the river and they end up going over a waterfall because Mr. Miyagi didn't see it coming. I'm like, well, fucking great tour guide this guy is. Um, And that's pretty much it. Uh, What did you guys make of this? Come on. This was better than Problem Child, yeah? Yeah. I mean, yes. (gasps) There was this hesitancy there. Problem Child was pretty bad. (laughs) It's not a a high par, so. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you recommend this? Yeah, if you're curious. (laughs) I mean, like, he, like, karate, there's certain things that are, like, karate top of a tree and just the nonsensicalness. Like, it would be one to, like, watch when you're just wanting to just say WTF all the time and have, like, a lot of sugar in you. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to get high first and then watch the shit, sure. (laughs) He wrestles a crocodile or slash alligator. He, Mm -hmm. he... Watch that scene, and then you're good. Chops down trees with his hands. Also, nah. okay, I just wanted to ask, like, in real life, do people actually travel via vines? Because, like, things like quicksand and the vines, I feel like things that were taught to us via cartoons, but <laughs> I, I've never seen them in real life. Yeah, I don't know about the vines thing, man. Um, that would be fucking cool if people did just travel around on vines. I would love that. Just swinging down Queen Street. That would be amazing. Do you think they would charge? Of course they would. <laughs> Toronto, of course they would. <laughs> it's like, like 50 cents a vine, so your trip downtown is going to cost you like 12 bucks. You got like the fair inspector like trying try to get you. <laughs> my presto pass on my on my vines. Uber vines where there's some guy does the swinging for you. I don't know. Oh my god. You just like hop on his back. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, maybe we should look into this as an alternative means of transport. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll lease a warehouse or rent a warehouse and just put a shit ton of vines in it and then call it, I don't know what, <laughs> Karate Kid? <laughs> Didn't you ever do that in gym class? Didn't you have the ropes in gym class and you were explicitly told not to swing on them? And yet everybody fucking swung on them. Thank God, no. Oh, we used to do that all the time in um, my PE classes at school. I wish we had the ropes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, yeah. I would cautiously <laughs> recommend this show. I mean, as far as like eighties cartoons go, it's certainly not boring. It certainly keeps moving at a fair wit. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't hate watching it. I was kind of enjoying watching it. I would maybe check out a few more episodes if I was 
somehow inclined, which I guess I'm not. It was fine. You know, it was okay. I mean, Daniel Araluso is a, an annoying little dickhead, but I can make my peace with that. He <laughs> gives me some Mr. Miyagi every week, even if it's not Pat Morita doing the voice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was our episode on Karate Kid, the animated series, the episode My Brother's Keeper. Wait, why is it called, called that? What does that mean? Did it apply at all to this? No. There, nobody was a brother. There was no sibling relationships in this show. That title is absolutely nonsensical. Huh. Okay, makes Wonderful. sense. Yeah. yeah. We're still on hiatus, but we're ramping up for season two, which is going to be starting fairly soon. So keep checking your podcast feeds for new episodes of uh, movies from us. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Numbers Pod. You can email the show at bwmpod at gmail. We've been Bad with Numbers from Toronto, Canada. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.